Hello, Joe. Hey, buddy. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah. Yeah. What did I do? I mean, it's a three-day weekend for the kids. Um, That's right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, like, you know, did some shit in the house and <clears throat> bought some You went to the shit. Mexican restaurant. You went, went to, to the, the Mexican, Mexican restaurant. restaurant. Went to, uh, uh, did an Ikea run, which is always painful. And uh, mm. then a Costco run to just Ooh. double down on the pain. But, uh, you know, it was good. It was good. How about you? Well, you know, similar. What was I doing mostly? I was outside mostly. I was down. I actually went out on the water a little bit. Um, nice. Just just relaxed, you know. Oh, that's awesome. And it was, uh, what else did I do? You got a friend Nothing, just work. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Very nice. That's kind of. That's kind of boat. Yeah, that's the only kind of boat you should have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... They say with boat. I've had them in the past, and the thing is, I mean, I wasn't really, you know me, I wasn't really the guy driving the whole effort, but, um, you know, <clears throat> there's a saying about boats, that the two happiest day in a boat owner's life are the first one is buying the boat, and the second time is selling the boat. <laughs> exactly. Once you buy it and you realize how much stuff you have to do, like I can remember these, yeah, it's a nightmare. I remember one time we had a boat up in, uh, you know, Northeast uh, Miami at this yacht club. And, you know, my buddy who scouted it, bought it, or he put up half the money. Um, but basically it was, oh, it's some BMW mechanics boat and all this. And guys, it's going to be great. And, it, and so he goes and gets it with no inspection. And the next thing I know, you know, the marina's calling us saying it's sinking and it's leaking gas. And Holy shit. And I'm like, and it turned out, you know, the whole tank had a leak in it and the fiberglass was busted. It was just a mess. So, you know, I was like, yeah, it's salt water down here, obviously. So the boats tend to corrode faster, but, you know, it's still fun, but you, you don't really want to own one unless maybe it's a catamaran or something like that, or a sailboat where you don't yep. have to maintain all that shit. Oh, here's what yes. Chuck's saying. A boat is a hole in the water that you pour money into. Yeah, absolutely. Right, man. Uh, I do like those boat clubs. Uh, Those are, those are pretty cool where you pay a monthly Mm -hmm. fee and then like you get X number of times per week, you can come check out a boat and they have all kinds of boats, big and small and sail and motored. And so those are pretty cool. I mean, I'm not spending the money on shit like that. Um, But uh, yeah, definitely. Eamon says never buy anything from a mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) So true, man. So true. Hey man. Um, we uh Eamon says they know how close you can cut it to get it sold yeah absolutely uh telegram i'm having fun with our telegram group got a got some members in there i'm really having fun with everybody introducing themselves and uh telling themselves about us and and what their backgrounds are and what they've done it's uh it's uh it's pretty cool you know yeah um we got Sean in there talking through the the market uh, right now um, saying, you know, look, we broke 23, but um, we've got to edge over that a bit more to break through. I think it was like 23.3 or so is uh, probably closer to the mark uh, on there. And on, uh, you know, he also pointed out that it needs to be like on a weekly candle close that it's still over that. So, you know, we're bouncing around right now at 22.886 um, for Bitcoin, but uh you know things are looking positive but so much good information already being posted in this really uh just kind of beginning community so i'm pretty excited about it yeah no it's fun and i love 
you know, we're all kind of putting origination stories in there yesterday, the day before. And I just love the background of everybody. I know. Um, you know, I thought it was very cool. And what I see is, you know, a lot of people that started working at a young age. And I see a lot of people that are curious about information. I see a lot of self-taught people. And, you know, I see a lot of grinding. So I'm going yeah. grinders. So to me, that's, you know, that's props for me. I love that stuff. Yeah. So um, it's really yeah. cool to kind of put story or context. But it made me think, and I, I didn't see anybody pick up on it, but I was like, you know, it sounds like we should do an NFT mint <laughs> for everybody yeah. with all those traits and stuff in there. It's pretty cool. So it is. It's very cool. And look, you know, it was funny how many people came from some rural backgrounds uh, and or have yeah. done work uh, like that. So, you know, it's a really fascinating group of people. So listen, if you're listening, um, it's t.me forward slash mission DeFi. If you want to join us, everybody is welcome. Um, it's a, it's a great place to hang. We have uh, people posting in their top 10 coins. Hippo posted in his top 10 at our ETH, BTC, Matic, FTM, BNB, AVAX, NIR, uh, GNS, PYR, which I'm not familiar with, and Glimmer, GLMR. So um, everybody uh, get in there. Make sure you post in your top 10 uh, picks for the year. Um, if you've got a, you can segment them if you want to, your blue chips versus your high risk or whatever you like. Um, we have sections set up for Bitcoin. That's where Sean's living and uh, posting great information, really kind of giving you guidance about zooming out and what to look for and what the market's doing. So um, lots of good stuff happening here. I created an off-topic uh, uh, category this weekend so we can have um, uh, you know people posting interesting, crazy news stuff. Um, posted a guy that created a 1,650-foot fireworks ladder to honor his grandmother um which was oh, actually cool. pretty yeah here I'll, I'll, I'll play this a bit real quick oh no i don't because i gotta go to the browser um anyway good stuff excited to have everybody joining so please if you haven't had the opportunity to join yet um please join us uh as soon as you can we'd love to have you uh have you come over uh, again you can search for mission defi one word in telegram or you can go to t.me forward slash mission defi uh look forward to Look forward to seeing everybody there. It's fun to get to know everybody that, uh, you know, people have been chatting in the group and we know there's, what's, what's really interesting for me, Joe, was the people who are, uh, there were a couple of folks, who one who listens to us over dinner and one who listens to us while watching his dog, uh, walking his dog. Um, and I thought that was uh, pretty cool to hear from them and them telling us kind of what their experience is with like the show as somebody that just listens to it every day. Um, I think it's a really cool thing to be able to have those folks joining us as well, beyond just the people who communicate with us every day during the show. So um, hey, that's a lot of fun. Why is it just out of curiosity? Why is it showing my name on top of the messages instead of my telegram handle? Uh, Every other telegram channel is my handle, but for some reason it has my full name there. I don't know, sir, why that is. Maybe it's because I'm in contact with you and you're seeing my screen. Does it show like that? I'll have to ask if oh, shows that. Oh, I can't see anything on mine. You know, I can't yeah. see my name in my post. So maybe it's just your screen. Maybe it's because I have you as a contact. That's probably it, yeah. I was just looking yeah. at it going, huh. I have to be a little <laughs> careful about what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this yeah. point, since your name is in the show notes of every episode, I'm not sure you can really, you know. 
Get oh yeah, I'm not. Look, man, my Twitter profile has the link to Seabrook Partners leadership page, and everybody yeah. knows I'm on LinkedIn. There you so go. I'm not too worried about it. But I was just curious. I, like, did I did I enter it a different way? Is more what I was curious. No, about. no, I think it's okay. Sean says it's because you're a contact of mine. Okay, got it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So everybody come join us. Have some fun over here. We're, uh, we're enjoying, uh, we're enjoying to getting to know everybody and I'm really looking forward to some of the stuff that we start to start to discuss in there. So, so, Hey, what was that over the weekend? I saw you, well, this morning, I guess it was at like six. I saw that Shizzy and you had did Orion five. Um, what is that about? Do you, no I really dig in. Okay. It's very I was mystical. following Shizzy. Yeah. yeah let me, uh, Shizzy on that. let me pull that up. Cause I've got it. Um, I've got it loaded up. Uh, I'm doing it just in case, you know. Uh, So there was a tweet from somebody I know that did the same tweet that I did. Let me find this. Um, And it's like, you know, this is my proof of registration for the Orion Phi program on Arbitrum. Um, And so this is what I saw. And and if you want Mm -hmm. to register, you can. Um, Basically, it's just um, connecting your Twitter account to them. Um, so you click the button and it creates a tweet for you. And then you're saying that you're part of this thing, whatever the fuck this thing is. Um, but this was what kind of intrigued me was they have, um, this other tweet and it says interact with this tweet. So go reply to this tweet, but it says Mm -hmm. Orion labs, ohm rebirth. Um, but they're not giving us any information, you know, beyond that, uh, what, what this is all about. Um, they are calling it the decentralized reserve currency, um, and but they don't have a ton of tweets out about what they're doing. So I, I haven't been active in the Olympus um, Discord to find out if there if this has been discussed. I would assume it probably has been discussed there, um, but you know whatever this project is, if it is tied to Olympus, although they re- mentioned mentioned Ohm and not Olympus, so maybe they're just trying to revamp the Ohm model. I don't know, but you know, I figure what the fuck I'll sign up just for well, shits and giggles. Well, yeah, and anything Shizzy <laughs> was following you. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. I thought you were following Shizzy. All right, um, but you know, it's Armstrong. So you know, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Shizzy said, "Ohm fork, get in early and get out early" is the name of the game. Yeah, if that's what it is, uh, we'll see. It's interesting that they would specifically mention Ohm, um, though. So we'll see. What were you going to say, Joe? No, it was a similar thing that, uh, you know, I've been wanting to see some more of, you know, since last year, basically, when we had this sort of rebasing craze, I've been waiting to see who's going to take it to the next level and do a reload on something that kind of is a different play where we can all get back in. Uh, Well, you know, Zeus was, yeah, Zeus was making the point, you know, that, that, look, I think this is a little bit revisionist for him, but you know, the entire model at the beginning was for them, for the treasury to raise money, right? And it was mm-hmm. obviously a highly effective method for raising money. Um, but um, I think it was also a bit revisionist of him because they were well aware, you know, people were in there trying to make money and 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 earn money. Um, but Euphoric says he thinks it's a, it, he thinks they mean it's related to the 3-3 game theory that, you know, so I'm assuming that maybe it's not even related directly to Olympus or Ohm or the team. Maybe it's a few people from the community who want to do something and try to do it better. I, I have no idea. So anyway, it's, uh, um, we're having a problem with LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn has a lot. LinkedIn has a lot of problems. 
And I think there's like, what, two people over there <laughs> that I deal with now. I mean, well, I never even get to it. So, and, and if you look, I mean, fucking LinkedIn is a train wreck. So anyway, um, so yeah, so that was interesting. I was, uh, I, I look, you know, I'll I'll take a shot. Maybe they're going to yeah, drop yeah. anybody that ever owned uh, in the Olympus space, which would be good for me. I'd be happy with that. So, well, uh, yeah, no, we'll I mean it's fun. We we need more fun now, so that's yeah, good. Absolutely. It means that uh, fun absolutely. times coming back. I think I don't think we talked about this last Friday because this happened over the weekend, or it happened on Friday. Um, Variant Fund, uh, which is a, a well-known fund and and one with a good track record. Uh, has been buying up uh, Canto um, and participating in the community. And they did an entire thesis around it. They did this post um, that explains kind of their reasoning, why they like it, uh, contract secured revenue, all of the stuff that we talk about all the time, the economic experiments, the free public infrastructure, um, where the ecosystem is today, how many kind of big name developers are, are building in the space. So I was really glad to see that. And I think there was a nice boost on the price of Canto uh, over the last few days, uh, I think it went up about 50%. Yeah. Um, over it's the around 20 weekend. cents so, now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. great to see um, big names talking about it. Um, we talked about Adam talking about it last week. And then, um, you know, I listened to a bit of, I haven't finished it yet, the hackathon uh, from this weekend. It happened on Sunday. And some really, you know, top notch projects. There's some garbage in there, like any other hackathon, but there's some really, top-notch, trying to solve big problems, projects being built in Canto. Um, so I was, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still bullish, but remember, uh, this is not financial advice. I'm not your financial advisor. I am stacking and staking Canto, so I have a financial incentive for Canto to grow. So do your own research and uh, uh, make your own decisions. But this is some good material. It'll be in the show notes. Well, remember um, when we, um, the last big event they had for discussion, you know, and it was still, it was trading around that range 20 cents as well. And, you know, and then we had the pullback and, you know, when, you know, we correctly said, be careful at that point, you know, because yeah. when it makes a move of like a hundred percent, you know, there's somebody's going to be taking profits. So, Absolutely. you know, you kind of want to think along what Sean's always talking about and T-whopping in over, I mean, I say four, he says much more than that, but, you know, spread it out if you're going to do something, obviously. Yeah, exactly. NFA. You know, and look, it, you know, the staking is earning twenty one percent right now. Um, just straight staking Canto, and then, you know, there's USDT and USDC to note pairs that are available, and they're paying eight mm -hmm. to ten percent. Um, which you know, for two stables, that's not too horrible. And um, the note uh, Canto pair is paying two hundred thirty one percent. Um. You know, and so just be smart about it. Take profits when you want to take profits. Understand that this is a giant, look at this word, experiment. So mm -hmm. um, you could lose it all. And you absolutely could lose it all. This whole thing could fall apart. But so far, I like what's happening there. So enough of the... Well, of the and, and, no, but also when you have, like you pointed earlier, when you have real, um, I don't want to say real, that's not the right word, but let's just say VCs that are respected, their opinions are respected. Um, and they're coming and taking positions and giving a rationale as to why, you know, that's a positive. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's probably what moved my guess is that's probably what moved the price over the weekend was their buying oh, because, you know, so now you guys just think at this point, you know, 
it it's going to slow down a trajectory unless other people follow in. Um, right. So just be careful. But this is a good sign all around. Well, and this is a fund that could be investing in startups in in Kento, right? So yeah. you know you're 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 going to grow the ecosystem through that. So. Um, I think the uh, Coinbase attorneys may have been a little bit uh, freaked out this uh, over the weekend. Um, one of the product guys at Coinbase basically said that uh, Binance is front, has been front running for 18 plus months, right? So he goes in and he shows that, you know, they bought tokens, these these wallets that he calls connected wallets, Bought nine hundred thousand of Rari seconds before and dumped minutes after listing seventy eight thousand ERN and dumped right after listing and they did the same with Torn. So there's a there's a couple of issues here. First is he actually doesn't have any connection to Binance for the wallets. He admits later on. And um, do we really think that you know Binance is front running to make thirty to forty to fifty thousand dollars? Um, and yeah. harm their reputation. So this is just another level of stupid. <laughs> I don't quite get why he would even tweet this shit um, because, you know. And he look, works at Coinbase? He's a Coinbase, he's a Coinbase product guy. Yeah, he's a product, product guy. Wow. Head of one of the product divisions, right? And then he admits after saying it appears they're front running it, then he comes down here and somebody calls him out and he's like, okay, well, maybe it's not, you know, I, I can't find that tweet right now. But may, he's like, maybe it, uh, maybe it's not uh, that. Maybe it's a rogue employee. Maybe it's somebody that has found an API leak. Blah 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 blah. But it's like, dude, you don't come out and say <laughs> it That's appears a there's a pattern of Binance front yeah. running for eighteen plus months, and then not think about the fact that why would they fucking mess with these tiny amounts of money for Binance? I mean, seriously, what? what what is the point nobody is going to be stupid enough you know at corporate binance to play this game for that pittance of money when they they make that in probably about half a second you know so yeah usually there. these are yeah this is usually someone on the inside that's in that selection committee that's sort of talking out of school like maybe to a girlfriend or what we used to call pillow talk you know and they're bragging about stuff but they're probably not actually trading it for all the reasons you said. It's somebody else that's yeah. doing it, but that somehow gets, you know, I'm not saying they're deliberately leaking it. I just think, you know, people want to talk big, you know, particularly yeah. in the sack. So um, at that point, you know, they could be moving on it from there. That's my guess. Anyhow, he's a director at Coinbase and he came from Bridgewater. Hmm. So, you think he'd know better. Yeah, that's what the words were about to come out of my mouth. It's yeah, pretty Pretty pitiful. It's stupid. Yeah, it's just stupid. yeah, I bet he's his ass reamed right now by Armstrong in the office. Oh, as he's got to be. He's got, it's like, what the fuck are you thinking, dude? Just like because so now you stupid. know. Because you know every Binance fanboy and every Binance insider is now crawling all over Coinbase trying to find something similar. Well, and, look, and here it is. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go, man. So the first sentencing, the brother of the guy from Coin, the product guy at Coinbase that was doing the insider trading on the listing, um, got his ten month sentence. Uh, got his ten month prison sentence. Um, is probably going to be uh, uh, kicked out of the country after he's done with his ten months. But his brother still has pled not guilty. That the the brother is the Coinbase employee. This um, this is the brother of the Coinbase. Uh, uh, a play that got the 10 month sentence. He's the guy that actually traded uh, the tokens. Mm -hmm. 
So the listing tokens. So yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe he was, maybe that guy was worried about what it looked like in the news for them. I, I don't know, but it's just kind of another level of stupid. So anyway. Yeah. That's the kind of initiative you don't want to take. Yeah. Um, I have only read the headline on this, but I found this fascinating. Uh, early vote shows strong support for deploying Uniswap on BNB chain which um, that would be an interesting battle between them and PancakeSwap on Uniswap um, and open up the doors to a lot more volume for Uniswap from all those retail traders there. Um, The question becomes, can Uniswap really have um, the level of um, support that PancakeSwap has when there's so many PancakeSwap users uh, already that use it daily and that's their swap platform. I, I, I would think there has to be some level of incentives built in for people that want to come to Uniswap. But anyway, yeah. it's interesting to see. Well, well PancakeSwap has more, um, there's more, what's the right word? Um, it's a more sophisticated offering to me than Uniswap because there's a lot of like activities around PancakeSwap, similar to like, yeah. you know, SushiSwap in the early days um, with all yeah. the onsens and everything like that. So there's, other things going on where Uniswap to me just seems kind of like, you know, kind of the grunt sort of, you know, crank out transactions because there's volume. Um, I don't know if they have a compelling user offering, let's say to engage users more than say swap pancake swap does. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Pancake swap currently controls 2.4 billion in TVL on BNB chain. Wow. So interesting. Interesting. Oh yeah, that's the total though. That's all on. Oh yeah, I'm BNB chain. Got it. Okay. TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there was this. Uh, <laughs> this there's this guy who's former SEC head, uh, John Reed Stark, came out in defense of regulation by enforcement. And let me see. I think I have the article loaded up. Let me pull it up. Yeah, it was on LinkedIn. Of course, it was on LinkedIn. Of course. Um, <laughs> so three people so are going to read it that know anything about crypto. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to say that this meme of, of people saying that the SEC is doing regulation by enforcement is a bogus thing. But he spends the entire, like, the first half of this fucking massive article talking, quoting everybody that says they're doing regulation, including uh, SEC commissioner. <laughs> uh uh crypto mom. yeah oh her and, oh, yeah. pierce Pastor. pierce yeah and then united states senators united states representatives blah 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 he quotes all of these people saying that's what they're doing and then he tries to say that it's bogus but then he goes into <laughs> how they are actually doing enforcement regulation by enforcement and it's like he's giving all these examples he's trying to make this point that no Regulations are set out already, how we test, blah, 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 blah. But then he gives examples of enforcements that we're actually figuring out kind of what the regulations are, right? And it's like, dude, I don't know what you're, if you're trying to get a gig back in the SEC, the consulting's not working out for you, what? But, you know, seriously, it's just- Well, look, look at the first sentence of the middle paragraph. Look at the first sentence yeah. of the middle paragraph there. Litigation is precisely how securities regulation works. <laughs> no, back one more. Back one more sentence. Gensler is spot on. No, no. Gensler yeah. is spot on. <laughs> That's yeah. not gun for a consulting contract. 
Oh, looking for a gig. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, it caused a stir. All the local, all the crypto pubs covered this stupidity and it just cracks me up. Principles. Does he have any, does he have any examples of it in the article? Like of a principles based regulation action? he talks about like all the like eel farms and ostrich breeding and prime banknote scams, you know, and saying basically what he's trying to say is, well, that's the way we've always done enforcement in all cases. So it's not regulation enforcement. That is the regulation. And it's like, dude, that's still regulation by enforcement. It doesn't matter if you've done it 45 times before on other markets, it's still regulation by enforcement and it's still running an industry out of the country that you could actually be encouraging to be in the in this country and encouraging them to um to follow the regulations right if you define that so anyway. i love the whole don't change it yet. i love the first sentence in the third, third paragraph where it goes the purveyors of prime bank notes argued that prime bank notes were not securities because they were fictional so the sec lacked jurisdiction <laughs> I was like, huh, that's not familiar. And he keeps trying to back it up though, right? Like, so he says the Seventh Circuit agreed noting that the Howey test did not require that securities existed, but rather whether the investment of True had the characteristics of an investment contract. Yeah, Yeah, we already know this, but you're making our point for us, right? You're making Mm -hmm. our point that there are no specific regulations for this. Yes, we get it. It's a broad mandate. But the fact is, is that if you define it more clearly, it impacts all markets. So define it more clearly, or at least try to adjust to the fact that what happens digitally in crypto is far different than anything that's happened before. But anyway, yeah. So interesting, exactly. to, interesting to watch. Uh, this is an ad, but uh, we've talked about these mapping projects uh, already. So yeah. I'm, I'm not shilling this or anything, but there is a new one called Map to Earn. Uh, also, is doing the um, you know the model of get paid for you know, get tokens for mapping shit, uh, in your world. So, um, hmm. a- anyway, this is one big ad. Um, so just be aware they paid to have this article in coin telegraph. Um, but, um, it- it's just interesting to me that the competition is heating up in the, uh, in the in-person mapping industry, get paid to map, pay to map, uh, pay to pay to map. What, what about, um, are they located in the U S map to earn? Are they in the U S I do not know. I was wondering because I think didn't we forgot Hive Mappers actually in San Francisco? I think we did. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. So look, these are all you know to take down. You know, essentially the Google Earth, Google Maps, Waze, and whatever the Apple equivalent is of all of that, um, in ways that I think translate into the metaverse. Um, whatever that's going to end uh, up being. This but, is. I'm sorry. The, Nicole, this, please, go. Is, this is actually really cool. They're not doing it for mapping. They're doing it for precise locations of, of objects in the maps so people can use AR technology for gaming and et cetera in the real world, but have it be very precise. So developers will be able to map AR more precisely because this system will have... Um, done the geo mapping by people being there taking photos and showing it so here's their example right this ar uh horse that doesn't show up in the right spot precisely whereas with oh. this one it does right so they're 
they're trying to make this a, I would assume like a massive toolkit for people that want to do AR shit in the real world, which I think is, that's actually really yeah. cool. Well, so that would be the example of like the Pokemon stuff of a couple of years ago where you're, you know, would see the character, you'd be looking through the camera or whatever, and you'd see the characters on wherever you were and you'd go to those fighting rooms and stuff, that kind of AR, it sounds like we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're just trying to yeah. make sure that the, that the, that the geolocations of actual objects hmm. in the real world are are properly mapped. So that's actually a pretty cool model. Yeah. I like that. Eamon said, I'd love to do the mapping stuff, but like have mapper hive mapper requires buying their $600 dash cam, which would promptly get stolen from the car. <laughs> that sucks. Dude. It's dude, living it's in a shitty. high Did crime. You ever get yours? Oh yeah. This, well, he's, well, I don't want to say where he is, but yeah, he's in a high crime area. Um, but Shizzy, did you ever get your hive mapper? I think, is he here? Yeah, there he is. Did you ever get your hive mapper, buddy? I know you were ordering one. Yeah, he could talk to us in Telegram too if he wants. Yeah, anyway, that's true. So um, that's yeah, actually cool. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, that's actually a really good idea, frankly. Um, yeah, I, I really, I, I'm going to take a look. I'm going to take a closer look at this one. Yeah, map to earn. Let me put that in my notes. Hey, you know what? I've been um. Well, no, I'll jump in lately after this. Shizzy said, "Still waiting for mine." They said January twenty third today. Woohoo! It's oh, Hive cool. Mapper Day. Dashcam day. Uh, Joe, you yeah, sent I, this article over. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, you know, I thought it was interesting just because, you know, we're always dealing with, the, you know, tater tots and all these guys out there and all the levels of misogyny. I was kind of surprised um, to see how many. I mean, I know like the Korean women's clubs and, you know, the investment clubs in the U.S., you know, I know those kind of women have been, you know, playing in equities for a while. Of course, the Koreans, you know, they were heavy in crypto for the last five years, the, the mama networks. And um, so I just thought it was interesting that, you know, look, if you're promoting a project, you know, half your potential investors are going to be women. So, you know, you need to take that into account. Yeah, this um, data is interesting. It doesn't have to be a pure bro show. Yeah. 34% of responding female retail investors reported owning crypto up from 29% in quarter three, 2022. Growth in the percentage of men holding crypto was slower. Hmm. Crypto is now the second most widely owned asset class for women after cash, suggesting it is succeeding where traditional finance market have sometimes failed in bringing more women to the table. Um, older investors also saw an opportunity by the dip. Crypto asset holders between the ages of 35 and 54 both rose by five percentage points in the fourth quarter. Wow, this is um, this is this has some serious targeting potential. Uh, that that's um that's pretty fucking powerful yeah i mean i wish that's why i wish we had more you know um i guess i should probably be careful here but i i wish we had more diversity like this in our gender diversity in like some of our chats or in some of the main chats uh, dude, sadly um, i mean like our percentage of females is is pitiful that listen to this show just pitiful probably like one or two percent hold on i'll tell you the latest number it's just bad this is on this is among podcast listeners does not include uh um youtube data or anything else uh united states is 57 percent. the highest age group for our group for our show is 35 to 44 percent um and the percentage of females listening to the show on spotify uh is 5.6 percent hmm 
at one point we were in the nine to ten percent mark, but I think um, I think uh, I think you ran them off. So yeah, it's probably the profanity and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but hey, come on back, ladies. Hello, that'll we, help. We don't mind. <laughs> Well, at least I'm not calling them. I did a mistake in a bar. Well, that was a bar, a restaurant. But um, a few years ago, it was just a regular gal who was behind there. And I said, I called her a young lady by accident. That doesn't go over well. I was like, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't mean to say it that way. I just have a daughter. And I'm used to saying that to women now. So That's hilarious. So I said, no, no, so, I didn't mean it. But you have to be careful, obviously, not to I'll tell you off. a very, I'll tell you a very Miami story. Uh, for those of you not here or have not been to Miami, we have a, a very large uh, Cuban population, Hispanic population overall. And um, anyone that knows me knows uh, I'm left of center to some, you know, slightly left to center, probably moderate middle of the road guy, um, but very conscious of uh, racist issues, et cetera. So my son, who's 16, and my wife and I are standing at the at the counter. And we've been waiting. It's a brand new restaurant. So we've been waiting for like, I don't know they told us originally like 50 minutes and it was like already an hour and 20 or something. Or whatever. Mm. And the woman comes to us, the manager comes to us and says, we have a table, but do you mind if the waiter doesn't speak English? <laughs> and I, and this is like a, a big restaurant at a mall, you know I mean? It's like a big modern restaurant. And I looked at the woman and I said, are you telling me you hired wait staff? that don't speak English. And my son was like, dad, you sound like a racist fucking Trumper. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm like, no, that, that is just bad business. I'm sorry. They can work anywhere else in the restaurant, but the people taking orders, you shouldn't have to segment tables by the waiters that speak English and the waiters that don't. If it was a Cuban restaurant, maybe like, you know, because that makes yeah. sense in Little Havana. Well, and I don't expect, look, when I go to Little Havana, I expect to have to like use Google Translate. You know what I mean? I I, I know that I'm going to go to restaurants or places of business there. And it's their prerogative. The majority of the population in that area speaks um, Spanish. That I expect that. But, you know, Pinecrest, Florida, yeah, I, not so much. So I, think we're, I think we're losing the Hispanic demographic as the more you speak. But, but you know, look... <laughs> It is Miami. I would say that I would interpret it a slightly different way. I would say they looked at you guys and saw gringos and they were trying to be polite. And, you know, but to me, I'm like, I speak Spanish, so it doesn't matter. Um, I speak it poorly, but I can get it. But I thought it was, I think it's funny that your brother or your your son would call you out like he that called, in public. He called me out. He's like, dad. He was so embarrassed, man. He was just like, because he knows that's not me, right? But I was just like flabber, And I was already annoyed and pissed off that we were waiting as long as we were waiting. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, an hour and yeah. 20 minutes in, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> then you come back to me with the table and I can't actually speak to the waiter. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dos margaritas, por favor. That's all you got to know how to say. In la cuenta, international sign well, language. And they already pissed me off because they charge for chips and salsa. I was like, you know, that's just bad Mexican. Oh, restaurant. it was that restaurant. Sorry. Oh, yeah. 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 Euphoric says, hey. I can help you out by identifying as a woman while you guys are streaming. You <laughs> might have weird. to put some filters. You might put some filters on your profile pic. 
Yeah, now we're deep. Now we're going way deep into the shit. Niblet says yeah. I speak USDs. Niblet said it worked go. for me. So it's worked for me so far. That's funny. Uh, all yeah. right, what's next? Anyway, so I got in trouble this weekend. Uh, first time in my life, somebody's accused me of sounding like a racist Trumper. So you know, what are you going to do? Um, yeah. The uh, yeah. The uh, the Shanghai upgrade is progressing. Uh, Shadow Fork brings blockchains Shanghai upgrade closer to reality. So, um, you know, they're still expecting uh, this March upgrade to happen, and that's going to allow the staking uh, withdrawals. So that's uh, really good to see. But in uh, conjunction with that, I'm trying to find a link. Hold on, people. Bear with me. Um, I read this really interesting article basically saying, you know how um, Celestia and some other chains are talking more about modularity and how they're going to be modular, yeah. et cetera. This entire piece is about the fact that everything that Ethereum's doing with their upgrade processes now is going to allow Ethereum to be modular like everything else. Uh, separating out um, all of the components and functions of Ethereum in the long run, oops, sorry, uh, and um, making it modular. And I had never like heard anybody voice that, that that's what was happening with the upgrade, but they make a pretty good case that, um, you know, the idea of taking the L2s and making them the things that are processing transactions at the top and, and Ethereum being the place where everything gets stored. We've talked about that before, but this article goes deeper into how it is, is going to break it up more. So I'm going to post a link to this into the, um, I just breezed through it last night, but I'm going to post a, a link to this um, in the show notes and maybe start a discussion about it after everybody gets a chance to yeah. read it in the Ethereum group and in, in our Telegram, because uh, I found this really fascinating. I'd never thought of Ethereum as becoming modular, but um, there's an argument to be made here that that's actually what's happening with the upgrades based on what they're doing. And then the concept of an L2, um, you know, processing and doing the speed stuff while everything else gets um, stored on the main chain is is interesting. So anyway, it was um, they're talking yeah. about how how for staking um, and for uh, for verify validating nodes that validators now will be able to operate with light clients. So an average mm. compute computer will be able to be a validating node on the network. Um, anyway, just uh, some some fascinating shit. You know, Celeste, you know Susie says, go ahead, Joe. No, I was going to say, I'd love to see Chuck Shotten. I know you're listening. I'd love to see your comments on this in the Telegram chat. Yeah. Modularity. Because that I, I'm, I'm thinking I might be connecting some dots too far apart here, but maybe I'm not. I'd love to yeah. see your thoughts. Yeah. So anyway, it's very interesting. I think it, um, look, it, it, it democratizes further Ethereum and the people that can participate in validation. It deals with the fact that uh, validation is now very concentrated um, and it'll make it much more decentralized if this is the case, um, if this proves mm -hmm. out to be true. Sheezy said, I'm cited for Celestia. I'm really digging deep into the Cosmos hub. I really like using the Kepler wallet. All right, man, that's awesome. So looking forward to you talking about it in the Telegram or provide us a link to a show when you're going to do it. So uh, Chuck, why don't we do that in uh, Ethereum, uh, the Ethereum channel uh, in Telegram, since that makes sense for this article. I'll post that the, in now. So Yeah, in that Mission DeFi channel, there's a bunch of sub-channels, Chuck. Yeah, here's the, I'll post the article into the Ethereum channel now, and then we can okay. spur off of that. Because uh, I think it's interesting uh, and kind of fascinating that that's got possibility, so. Uh, let's see what else we got, Joe. Do we have anything else interesting today or can we wrap it up? Oh, no, there, well, one thing up. Go ahead. Um, 
No, I was going to just tell everybody that I started looking at genomes now again, you know, just because of, you know, my background in, in the genomic space and life sciences. And, you know, I uh, started buying tokens there, too. So I might as well disclose that I'm getting a pretty big bag there. But it's cheap right now. And look, these just a for, buy it and forget it kind of Wait, thing. Which They're, which projects are you buying? Uh, no, Genomes DAO. Genomes DAO. Token is... Oh, you uh, are buying into G Genomes. Yeah, G-E-N-E. -E. Um, price is right. There hasn't been a bunch of volume. But look, they've got some really cool, you know, the whole vaulting technology. You know, you know me, I'm a data privacy guy too, um, particularly this data, the DNA data. Um, that seems to be something that was missing in the other ones. And remember, they also, one thing I kind of, I know we interviewed them on this show, I believe, or was it Mission DeFi that you did? I can't remember. Uh, Mission um, DeFi. Uh, it was Mission DeFi. Uh, okay. Actually, I think um, we had them on both. Yeah, I seem to remember seeing Aldo and another guy, on, you know, talking to them or whatever. But um, look, they, remember, they came out of Consensus Labs. So, you know, they have the backing of, Joe Lubin and all those guys, that team too. Um, they've been winning awards. The token price is really, really low. Um, and with the vault technology, you know, that was one of the things that's real tricky in, you know, storing the DNA data, the sequence data, um, is protecting that. And so I'm trying to get more clarity on what the business model works like when it comes out of the vault, like how do, um, you know, how do the pharma companies monetize it um, so the user earns money, you know, how, it, how is it ID? I'm just trying to figure all that stuff out right now, but, but it's, you know, I said, heck, I think these guys, you know, all the other ones sort of fell by the wayside. The other thing is that they've kind of have the leftover parts of the nebula genomics team there. And that was, uh, you know, um, that's Dr. George church, Nobel laureate, and that's Dennis Gershon who I've met these guys at a conference in Boston. I mean, you know, I don't need to tell you how smart they are. Right. Um, but, there's a cool team there that seems to be taking the stuff that encryption did, uh, the, the pioneering stuff that they did, the stuff that Nebula did, a little bit of Chavon and a little bit of Luna. So it's worth a flyer. So I just want to make sure everybody knew that. So if I talk about it coming up, you know, I do own uh, tokens in that one now. Okay. Uh, G, G E N E. So, um, but you know, you got to come in slow because I think you're going to move the price um, a lot. If you come sure. in buying big at this time, but, but definitely, you know, not financial advice. I just want to make sure everybody knew it. And because of our past experience in that space, I, I think these guys have something going on. That's awesome. All. Awesome. Awesome. That, uh, look, I, I was thoroughly impressed with that team when I interviewed them. Um, I think we had them on both. I think I did. Yeah, I did an interview and then I think we had them on DeFi lunch and chatted with them. I really was impressed with that team. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought they really had their shit together. So, um, very excited to, uh, see you jumping back into that, dude. Well, it'll be one of my 10 moonshots. So okay. I was trying to awesome. find those, you know, like Geist is one and Gene is one and, you know, Canto's in there, or at least it was. I, they might be moving too rich for me at this point. But, but the point is, I'm trying to find those small market cap ones. I think Gene is like a $57,000 market cap right now or something. So, you know, That's you awesome. can build a bag up. So just wanted That's to share awesome. that with the community. That's beautiful. All right. Thanks, man. That sounds good. Appreciate that. Appreciate you doing that. Uh, I found a new tool. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes, uh, but it's called Watchers. Uh, we may have looked at it previously. It looks familiar to me, um, but it allows you to, uh, it's, it's another kind of Arkham and Nansen-like tool. It is free. 
allows you to kind of see interactions on other people's wallets. You can explore tokens and projects and NFTs. Um, they have a VC watch, a whale watch. Um, these are all things that you pay big bucks for on, uh, on uh, Nansen. So I'm trying to see if there's a cheap, a cheap way to get the same, uh, uh, same uh, alpha that you can get having a Nansen subscription. So uh, I'm going to take a deeper look at it, but I will put the, put the uh, link in the show notes. Hey, do you have any updates on, um, on Arkham? Like, Nothing. Are there any? I haven't okay. heard a thing. I haven't heard a thing. I mean, I've been in there a little bit, and I guess they're, you know, I think when, weren't they spec? Weren't people speculating that there's some kind of airdrop coming there? If I'm not mistaken, or was that? Am I just mixing it yeah, up? Yeah, no, no, no. Out? There's no. They actually said there would be token coming, and that uh, those of us that referred would get tokens. Remember? Got it. Okay, got it. Yeah. Just want to make sure I wasn't misstating. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I got a couple of other things, but I think we can wrap up for the day, Joe. I got a shit ton of work to do. Yeah, me too. Um, the other thing I was just one final thing before we wrap. If you go look at Geist, again, I own this one. Everybody knows it. One thing I noticed it was different um, this time around on this sort of little run up. Usually what happens is people are mining in the liquidity pool. And when you when those rewards come out, they flow right into the uh, vesting side, um, you know, the single the staking side, which is a lower APY, APR, and you can pull out if you want at any time. It's a 90 day vault. So it moves from the okay. pool to a vault. Usually people pull out early and dump. You know, they take a 50% penalty, get hit. And that makes the yields on everybody else who's locked go up because those get redistributed to everybody who has tokens in the vault. But this time I noticed that's not really happening. And so the yields aren't moving up in the vault, you know, when in this run up, which tells me a couple of interesting things. One, I'm speculating that then people are, uh, you know, not pulling out. Uh, you know, they're not burning those 50 percent. They're staying in, even though it's run up like, you know, what, 60 percent in the last week, I believe. So right. I think it's worth it. If you guys aren't looking at it, I think. There's an interesting model there. Some people don't like the fact that there's a lot of token dilution coming, but you know, that's primarily in the form of rewards. And you know, when you pull, yeah, Mr. Muccioli, yeah, it's a uh, gene, dollar G-E-N-E, genomes DAO, um, that, um, that they're not doing it this time. And so to me, it's something where you might wanna just take a good look because I think that because of the overall phantom run of late, that it might be coming back into favor. Um, and again, I've been in that. I mean, I was in when it was over a dollar at one point, I think. I was the, and I've DCA'd down about like a, <laughs> increasing my holdings like 50 or 100 times. But I think it never slid to run. But it's worth taking a look at if you want to see like, a, you know, an Ave fork that has no governance or anything. It's just running on its own, what we always talk about. Um, I don't know what that means for partnerships and BD and things like that. <laughs> But it is an interesting experiment. So that's cool. Um, if you have it, Very I would great. recommend just dig in. I'd be curious what the technical people think and what the, you know, the big the tokenomics people think that are listening to the show. What's the link to it? Do you know? Uh, uh, Geist dot finance. G e i s t dot finance. It's okay. on Phantom. So, what yep, is it? Uh, you have you spoken of it what often. <laughs> Hey, that's my dad, man. Don't make fun of my dad, Niblets. <laughs> Joe at AOL. <laughs> um, Vice, Geist, have you played with Terra? No, I haven't. I haven't been in there yet. Um, 
I will check that. Yeah, out. we were looking I, at I it a couple of to. weeks ago, but we should definitely do some more there because they always have yeah. good yields over there. Well, and also we, um, you know, we got Quantum here in Miami starting on Wednesday, um, which will have oh, you know, yeah. the FTM guys. Did you get a ticket? Do you have one already? I sent it a request. They sent this me one. Oh, okay. No, no, well, hopefully just, they'll get back to you. I'll I'll ping the guy that's uh, I'll ping the guy that's uh, uh, there's a guy that I can ping. I'll see if he can help. Okay. Yeah, I put in a thing this morning, so I'd expect. But um, I don't know if I'm going to go hang out there for three days. But I definitely there are some people there I want to talk to. Um, some cool projects that I think you know we need to get these guys on the show. So heavily phantom oriented. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be cool. All right, man. Definitely. Didn't mean to distract right, us buddy. and drag on for another five minutes. All right. No, that's quite all right. Those were great topics. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for participating. Mr. Muccioli said, God mode activated just in. Democrats introduced bill to eliminate debt ceiling and allow unlimited government borrowing. Fox News. Well, that'll be interesting. Uh, Mr. Muccioli, yeah. Niblets, Chuck, Shizzy, Amen, Euphoric. I think that's the gang today. Appreciate you guys joining us and participating. As always, we love and appreciate you. Um, thanks for listening to the show. Please let your friends and family know about us on post on Twitter. Or if you're in Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please take a minute to rate and review the show. Make sure you're subscribed so you get the latest episode at the top of your feed. If you're listening on YouTube, Joe would like you to smash the thumbs up and uh, make sure you click subscribe and turn on alerts by clicking the little bell so you get notified when a new episode comes out. Anyway, hope everybody has a great afternoon. Happy Monday to all. And uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Be safe. Uh, have a great day. And uh, see you tomorrow. Thanks, Brad. See ya.